0: Okay, so we can start. Um, You saw that we're going quickly through some of the chapters. I don't know if you noticed the homework. Um, And that was as promised and as planned. So, uh, Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om namo bhagavate vasudevaya
1: Om namo bhagavate vasudevaya
0: So we are uh starting with a quite a famous verse actually quite a famous verse in the 19th chapter let me just get it here on my computer chapter 20 uh, verse 27 Prabhupada refers to this verse in the Chaitanya Charitamrita and he also refused, refers in this purport to that part of the Chaitanya Charitamrita. so. They, they go along so well with this verse and what Srila Krish, Krishna Kaviraj Swami is talking about um, in regards to this point. Okay, so we're on 5, 19, 27. Okay? Is that good? All right. The Supreme Personality of Godhead fulfills the material desires of a devotee who approaches him with such motives, but he does not bestow benedictions upon the devotee that will cause him to demand more benedictions again. However, the Lord willingly gives the devotee shelter at his lotus feet, at his own lotus feet, even though such a person does not aspire for it and that shelter satisfies all his desires. That is the Supreme Personality's special mercy. So I think this purport uh, merits us looking at it in some detail. So the devotees mentioned in the previous verse approach the Supreme Personality of Godhead with material motives. But this verse explains how such devotees are saved from those desires. Srimad Bhagavatam 2310 advises a very famous verse. Akama. Moksha Bhakti Yogena, Whether one is free from all material desires is full of material desires. or desires to become one with the supreme, he should engage in devotional service. In this way, not only will the des- that's end quote, "In this way, not only will the devotee's desires be fulfilled, but the day will come when he will have no other desire than to serve the lotus feet of the Lord." So that's true for all of us. That day will come, as promised in this verse. One who engages in the service of the Lord with some motive is called Sakama Bhakta. And one who serves the Lord without any motive is called Akama Bhakta. Listen to this sentence. Krishna is so merciful that he turns a Sakama Bhakta into Akama Bhakta. A pure devotee and a Kama Bhakta oh, excuse me, I just, who has no material motives is satisfied simply to serve the lotus feet of the Lord. So that's the pure devotee. This is confirmed in Bhagavad Gita six twenty two Yam Chaparam Manyate If one engages in the service of the lotus feet of the Lord, he does not want anything else, anything more. This is the highest stage of devotional service. The Lord is so kind even to a Sakama Bhakta, a motivated devotee, that he satisfies his desire in such a way that one day he becomes an Akama Bhakta. Juhva Maharaj, for example, became a Bhakta with a motive of getting a better kingdom than that of his father. But finally he became an Akama Bhakta and said to the Lord, Swamim Kritartosmi Varamnaya che." My dear Lord, I am very satisfied simply to serve your lotus feet. I do not want any material benefits. It's, now, these, that, that's, it's significant that he's quoting Juvah Maharaj because we'll talk about that in a minute. And this example is given uh, by Srila Prabhupada, and it's, uh, it comes from a number of the previous Acharyas. That sometimes it is found that a small child eats dirty things, but his parents take away the dirty things and offer him a sandesh, or some other sweetmeat. So the, the significance of this example is that the devote the child is not asking for the sweetmeat or the sandesh. Uh, for you who are not familiar, sandesh is a wonderful milk sweet, especially I think Bengali milk sweet. Um, the child's happy playing with his dirty things, uh, but the parent, without being asked by the child, takes away the dirty things. And offers them a sendesh. So I think you get the, the, the metaphor there, right? Um, it, it's, it's a significant one. It's a significant one. Devotees who aspire for material benedictions are compared to such children. The Lord is so kind that He takes away their material desires and gives them the highest benediction. Therefore, even for material motives, one should not worship anyone other than the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And then he said, if you want to go back to God, one must fully engage himself in the devotional service of the Lord so that all his desires will be fulfilled. At the end, he can go back home, back to God. Then, (laughs) so, well, let's, let's, before we go on to the next paragraph, let's just uh, look at
2: this for a second. I have to get my notes. A
0: lot of notes. So, uh, yeah. So this is, you know, this is such a nice example of Krishna's kindness. But the question might be, is Krishna interfering with our free will? How, do you, how would you answer that? If, is Krishna interfering with our free will by saying what he's saying
2: here? Anyone? Hare Krishna Prabhu. Um
3: he, it might look like he's interfering with the free will, but he's watching out for our ultimate benefit.
0: Okay. Okay. I accept that partially. <laughs> Anyone else?
1: Yeah, I don't think he's interfering with the free will.
0: Okay. and tell if, I,
1: if I ask for $10,000 and you give me $100,000, I'm not going to say you're interfering with me. You're giving Very me more good. than I asked for.
0: <laughs> Very good example. Uh, I think that 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 that's like the uh, the whipped cream on top of uh, Raghunandan's ice cream. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, I, I think so because they are a devotee. Because previously Srila Prabhupada quoted the verse Akamasaro Kamava, so they're approaching Krishna, or or let's say we are approaching Krishna. Because I'm sure this apply, I know this applies to me, and I'm assuming many of you will read this and. See some truth in your own lives as well. Um, so they're they're approaching Krishna. They know that we or we are approaching Krishna. We know the goal is Krishna prema, prema pumarta mohan, to love Krishna. Um, and yet we, you know, we still have uh, the the as Shri Bhakti Saraswati Thakur would say, we have the anchor still in the boat to some extent. Um, so, yes, a very good example, Andy. You know, we're, okay, I'm asking for 10,000, so yes. So that's that's what Krishna is doing here. Yes. And so the next paragraph uh, explains a little bit more about how he's doing it. What he's doing, he's literally going through the Bengali um, for these verses, Madhya Lila Chaitanya Charitamita, chapter 22, 37, 39, 37, 38, 39, and 41. So... Anyakami, a devotee may desire something other than service to the lotus feet of the Lord. Yadikara Krishna Bhajana. But if he engages in Lord Krishna's service, na ma Krishna tare dena Swacharna. Krishna gives him shelter at his lotus feet, even though he does not aspire for it. Or we could say he doesn't aspire for it fully because he is engaging in service. Krishna kahe, the Lord says, ama bhaje. He is engaged in my service. That's the point, yes. Mage Vishaya sukha. Oh, no, sukha. But he wants the benefits of material sense gratification. Amrita chadi visha mage. Such a devotee is like a person who asks poison instead of nectar. E a pāda murka. That is his foolishness. Ami vigya. But I am experienced, Krishna says. A diva. Why should I give such a foolish person the dirty things of material enjoyment? Swacharana mrita. I would be better it would be better for me to give him shelter at my lotus feet. I shall cause him to forget all material desires. Kama Lagi Krishna Bhaj. If one engages in the service of the Lord for sense gratification, Krishna the result is that he ultimately gets a taste for serving the lotus feet of the Lord. He then gives up all material desires and wants to become an eternal servant of the Lord. Hmm. So, very, very nice. Giving us some... Uh, a glimpse of Krishna's heart. Now let's just find Let's let's put. The, we have the the uh, ice cream. We have the whipped cream. Now we have to put the cherry on top, and the cherry is uh, a little is is important. This is from Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur, because he and he has a long commentary on this verse, and then he ends it by saying, "However, the attainment of the lotus feet of the Lord by Nischkama." And Sakkama bhakti, nishkama without material desires, samakama, sakama, with material desires, should not be considered the same in all ways. That which is pure by nature and that which is purified by force do not have the same value. Thus, the excellence of Hanuman is greater than the excellence of Uva. That's the, and that you see how. Prabhupada is talking about Dhruva Maharaj, and then Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur is comparing Dhruva Maharaj to, um, uh, to Hanuman, okay? So, wonderful, wonderful verse, and also Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur at the end puts it into perspective with other verses, like Anyabi lasitas Sunyam, that we should have no material desires. So some thoughts on this verse, this wonderful, amazing verse.
2: Okay, we don't
0: have any. Nothing in the chat yet. Okay. So then we are moving on. I'm so sorry, to... what's the verse? That was uh uh five nineteen twenty seven. And now we're going on to chapter twenty, verse seventeen. So let me pull that up. Chapter 20, verse 17. And sorry that in the homework, I originally had put 7 instead of 17. So this is the mantra by which the inhabitants of Khushadvi worship the fire god. O fire god, you are a part of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Hari, and you carry to him all the offerings of sacrifices. Therefore, we request you to offer to the Supreme Personality of Godhead, the Yajnik ingredients, we are offering the demigods, for the Lord is the real enjoyer. I chose this verse, I, the, the, the chapter talks a lot about demigods, I wanted to find a verse, or a purport that exemplified the discussion about demigods, and I thought this was a good one. The demigods are servants who assist the supreme personality of Godhead. That we understand, right? We all know that. If one worships the demigods, the demigods as servants of the supreme carry the sacrificial offerings to the Lord, like tax collectors collecting re- uh, revenue for, from the citizens and bringing it to the government's treasury. Um, that I think we understand as a general principle, but I think, we, at least I was thinking when I was reading this, I said, really, all the time? Do they always do that? Um, and we'll, we'll talk in a minute about uh, the uh, uh, lifting of Govardhan Hill and Indra, because it seemed like he was attached to the offerings, and he, or you know, getting the offerings. It wasn't like he was just giving everything to to Vishnu or Krishna. That's what it seems like, uh, at least in that past time. So we can discuss that more in, in a few minutes. But I just thought that that you know, Prabhupada here, so here he's saying that's what happens. But finished. The demigods cannot accept the sacrificial offerings. They simply carry the offerings to the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So there he says it even more emphatically. As stated by Srila of Chakravarti Thakur, and now it's interesting, he's talking, he's talking about uh, the demigods almost like gurus, right? Yesya prasadhad bhagavat prasadha. Since the guru is a representative of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, he carries to the Lord whatever is offered to him. Similarly, all the demigods, as faithful servants of the Supreme Lord, hand over to the Supreme Lord whatever is offered to them in sacrifice, in sacrificial performances. There is no fault in worshipping the demigods with this understanding. But to think that the demigods are independent of the Supreme Personality of Godhead and equal to him is called a loss of intelligence. Kamaistai Hritya Jnana. One who thinks that the demigods themselves are the actual benefactors is mistaken, and not only that, but it's the second offense against the holy name. Right to consider the name of the dem- names of the demigods to be equal to, or independent of, the supreme personality of Godhead, Krishna. Okay, um, so in the earlier, I don't know if you remember, in the seventh chapter. Of this canto, Prabhupada wrote in a purport that when one offers sacrifices to different demigods, one should remember that the demigods are simply parts and parcel parts of the body of the Supreme. If we worship the hand of a person, we intend to satisfy the person himself. If we massage a person's legs, we do not really serve the legs, but the person who possesses the legs. (laughs) A nice example, huh? All the demigods are different parts of the Lord. And if we offer service to them, we actually serve the Lord Himself. Demigod worship is mentioned in Brahma Samhita, but actually the shloka uh, advocate, advocates worship of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Kuvinda. Um And I'll just read one more from the Adi Lila. There is a misconception about the Hindu religion among people who profess other religions, such as Christians and Muslims, who say that in the Hindu religion there are many gods. Actually, this is not a fact. God is one, but there are many other powerful living entities uh, who are in charge of different departments of the administration. They are called demigods. All the demigods are servants who carry out the orders of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu disclosed this fact in his childhood. Out of ignorance, sometimes, sometimes, many times, I'd say, many times, sometimes, People worship the demigods to receive some particular boon, but actually one who becomes a devotee and worshiper of the Supreme Personality of God does not need to go to the demigods for any benediction because he obtains everything by the grace of the Supreme Lord. And then just one more uh, about the Govardhan Lila. Krishna has declared in Bhagavad Gita that the worshipers of the demigods are not very intelligent. He has also declared that one who gives... Uh, oh, no, well let me hold, Let me go to Indra. Indra cursed the... Oh wait, wait, sorry. Hmm. He has also declared that one, who has, that one has to give up all kinds of demigod worship and simply concentrate on Krishna consciousness. Krishna is invoking the anger of Indra and later on chastising him as a clear indication to his devotees that those who are engaged in Krishna consciousness have no need to worship any demigod, even if it is found that demigod has become angry. Krishna gives his devotee all protection and they should be completely dependent on his mercy. So there you have it. Um, it's quite clear, although I think we all know, especially those of us who have spent time or born and raised in India know that this is not so easy for everyone to accept <laughs> um, that Vishnu or Krishna is supreme and that uh, they're Lord Shivas and, Lord, and Ganeshi and etc. Are, um, are servants of Krishna. And Raghunandan Prabhu has put in, uh, well uh, Suganda has quoted uh, Bhagavatam 6.11.22 um, and Raghunandan Prabhu has put in this verse from the Gita, those who are devotees of other gods and who worship them with faith actually worship only me, but they do so in the wrong way. Thank you. And I don't know what that verse is. Uh, Sukanda generally, put the uh, actually quote the verse so that it, we know what it is, so we don't have to click on the link.
4: Sure, Papaji. This was like uh, related to the previous verse. Vritrasura Sura is saying that uh, Krishna does not give opulence to his devotees because opulence leads to enmity, anxiety, and
2: pride within his devotees.
0: Acha, very good. Well, we're going to talk a lot about that in uh, in this, one of the. Uh, if, you, if everyone did their homework, they would see that we're going to talk about that later on. Thank you for that, Sudan. Uh, any thoughts on demigod worship and the rel- and the relationship of the demigods to Krishna and to the demigods devotees, or those who worship the demigods?
2: From what we know
5: of the pastime of Krishna and Indra, um, Krishna specifically or <clears throat> that was part of his motivation was to put Indra in his place because um as as you've stated in the purport the demigods are uh their their arms of or their parts of the supreme lord so they don't they know their place right uh, Indra um uh, obviously uh out uh out his place
0: yes of course later on we know indra will go to uh surabhi kund and uh with a cow and uh get relieved of his offense but still at least this seems to be an example that maybe not always the demigods automatically give everything to christian they may need to be taught a lesson about that you know But certainly, you know, the uh, verse that Vagunandan Nandamburu quoted and the purports here say that the general principle seems to be that demigods know they're, you know, they're like bank tellers. They get the money, but then they pass it on to Krishna. But we do have the other idea, right, that that the the relationship with the demigods and the demigods worshippers, you know, I'll scratch your back and you scratch mine. So it does seem that the demigods' backs do get scratched. Because Prabhupada Krishna compares that to the relationship of the Bhakta and Bhagavan, the Bhakta and and the Supreme Lord, that it's not that kind of I scratch your back and you scratch mine kind of thing. It's it's an exchange of love.
3: Also Prabhupada gives an example of... uh, comparing the demigods with the government officers and the Supreme Lord to the government. And if a person or citizen is going to go and bribe the government officers, that's illegal. So uh, performing these sacrifices for the demigods, he compares it to like bribing the government officers because the sacrifices are meant and intended for the Bokta, who is the supreme enjoyer, the supreme lord.
0: Very good. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Andy, you were going to say
2: something? Yeah.
1: One thing I thought was funny in that came across in reading some of the purports
2: uh-huh.
1: is they said that the demigods are thinking about, boy, I would like to be sent down to earth next and be a human so I can, but they know more. They already know that. How can they know that? <laughs> know what they know and not be able to do it from the position they're at. It's kind of very subtle, uh,
0: well, it's a, that's a great question, yeah. and the answer that's usually given is that we are very much um, victims of our environment. We're very much influenced by our environment, right? Um, and the demigod's environment is so um, pleasing, is I think the right word, that you think like, oh, yeah, it's all good, it's cool, you know, I mean, that's putting it in the modern vernacular, you know, that it's, uh, and one thing to be mentioned, one thing to mention, because like, I know Burjumfoo mentions this a lot in his lectures, is what, you know, because sometimes we, um, we portray the demigods as like, you know, drinking and, you know, womanizing and stuff, the, the you know, the higher planets are more subtle, and the pleasure is more subtle than the gross pleasure on this planet and other planets. It's, 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 uh, you know, um, I don't know what you compare to maybe classical music compared to heavy metal or something, you know, or whatever. Right. I know I went to, I didn't know much about classical music and, uh, one of my mentors in, uh, who he's a professor at Harvard. And so I was up in Boston and he took me to, uh, the Boston symphony. And I didn't. I, I I had not been to a symphony, and I just didn't know anything about classical music. So he had to point everything out to me, you know. And I didn't. He was pointing out all the subtleties that, for me, it just sounded like you know some violins going, and you know, <laughs> I didn't follow it at all. But he pointed out the subtleties and even some of the meanings behind the music. So uh, I think that's the the that's at least the explanation that's given, Andy, that the environment influences us a lot. I think, you know, uh, we we all know that there's quite a difference uh, in environment, let's say, if one's on a busy, of course it won't be busy right now, but a busy metro in D.C. compared to being in the temple room in Potomac. The atmosphere is different. So that's that's uh, that's what I've heard. If anyone else has anything else to add to um, uh, Andy's... um, Interesting comment
1: the demigods are just like saying, "Oh, I know I could do a lot better, but I'm just don't feel motivated to do it
0: but yeah <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. Or, or it's just like, gosh, it's really tough to do that here. everyone's having you know s- such a good time, so to speak <laughs> yeah that's I, I you know um I don't know uh when let's see, hold on, there's a, a statement here um David says, so in this context, how would Jesus Christ fit in here? Um, so in this context, you know, he... he um, son of God.
1: He, he's not a demigod. Yeah, he's a son of God.
0: Yeah, he's a son of God, right, right. right, right. That's his role. Yeah, yeah so he, Prabhupada would say he's guru. So uh, it's a good question, David, because in the purport, Prabhupada compares almost demigods to gurus, right? He quotes Yasya Prasada, Bhagavad Prasada. So it's a very good question, David. Um, and uh, and I think that's it's yeah he's more seen yeah as a son of God or as a or as Prabhupada would say as a guru. So one who's teaching about about God. And sometimes demigods can also be gurus like Lord Brahma, for example. So so he he can be seen sometimes in light of being a demigod in the sense that Srila Prabhupada is making that that comparison here in the purport. So thank you. Good question. Other thoughts?
6: Hi, Krishna Prabhu. This is Jivta Tudas.
0: Yes, Yes. Babu.
6: So, Demigods actually in Purushukha, Sukta prayers as well as other prayers, many times actually desire to be born on the earthly planets because they see that the conditions are so austere that they can engage in devotional service. Mm. And when they appeared, means on the instructions that was imparted to them by Lord Brahma in the beginning of the 10th Canto, when Bhumi was asking to deliver the burden of earth, mm-hmm. at that time, they received the instruction that they should appear in Yadu dynasty, right? Dan- dynasty. Yeah, very Kanto. good point. Very good point. But yeah. when they appeared at that time, since they got the similar opulence, many of them were in the Yadu dynasty and they had the same opulence, similar opulence as Lord Krishna, they were very powerful. At that time, they had to be returned back to the original positions, demigods. Some of them were elevated, like Uddhav and others, so they returned back home finally. But some of them had to go back to their position because they were thinking themselves to be as powerful as Lord Krishna. They could not appreciate his position as the Supreme Father, Supreme Personality of Godhead in this loving exchange that he had imparted them, his potency. He's always ready to share his potencies with us, but his position does not become equal or less. He's always the Supreme Personality of Godhead and we are always the living entities eternal servant of Lord shri Krishna.
0: Good, good point. And thank you for, yeah, for that example of the uh, that demigods appearing in, in the Yadu dynasty. And, and the, the, the one thing I didn't, I, I guess was assumed that I, you brought it out and in answer to Andy's point is that in this, one of the reasons that demigods want to come here is because there's this mixture of happiness and distress that uh, if it's all distress, that, that's one of the challenges in the lower, in the in the uh, hellish planets. It's hard to think of God. Just like Prabhupada would say that if you can't get enough food to eat, then it's very hard to be a theist. You know, you're just focusing on trying to get enough food and can't really think of loftier things. But the the, the mixture here is 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 unequal. It's favorable for cultivating bhakti. Thank you.
6: So would you say that you know on this planet then you know so the wide range of the way that people live like somebody who's really ignorant and poor is almost like a living in a hell, whereas someone who's really well educated and has more
0: material facilities is living more like a demigod. Well, yes, and then uh, somebody can pull up the Queen Kunti prayer. Um, it's like, yeah, yes. It, 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 you know, in other words, you're pointing out, Henry, that even in this planet, there's such relativity. Um, and at the same time, there. let's see if it appears in the chat, uh, someone's going to find that verse from Queen Kunti's prayers, that, uh, there we go, there's the Sanskrit, and we could have the English, that'd be great also. Uh Ahamana okay, my lord, your lordship can easily approach, but only by those who are materially exhausted. One who, and this is a good answer to Andy's question also. One who is on the path of material progress, trying to improve himself with respect, respectable parentage, great opulence, high education, and bodily beauty cannot approach you with sincere feeling. Oh, oh didn't Jesus say something similar to that? Anyone know what he said? Um, it's easier for um, a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for a man to enter the kingdom of God. Right. Thank you. And at the same, you know, and all these things, you know, have to be seen in some context because we also learn uh, this uh, letter that Prabhupada wrote that I always have often quoted. Uh, he says, "Now that I want, I want us to recruit more and more." Amongst the intelligent class of men, so he said. So, so Jesus is saying it's hard, easier to thread an elephant, whatever is what animal was it? A camel. A camel. Okay. Through the eye of Yeah. Then so, a but here man. he says, but here he says, we want to get such people as devotees. They, because they are a little educated, or they have got some wealth, or fame, or ability, so they will sometimes be little puffed up. Then he says, but that is all right. They deserve it. Now we shall have to learn the art how to approach such higher class of men and attract them to Krishna consciousness. So Prabhupada didn't say, oh, well, Queen Kunti said that, you know, it's easier to uh, uh, throw the camel for the eye of a needle, so just forget about those losers. No, he said that uh, we'd like to attract them to to Krishna consciousness. So, so you know, it, it's, it's again... The um, how helpful it is to become familiar with 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 the shastra and Prabhupada's statements and teachings, so that we can look at things in context and uh, and compare them. Otherwise, you know, someone who just reads that uh, Queen Kunti prayer might say, "We don't want to speak. We don't want any intelligent people. We don't want any rich people. We don't want any people with good karma. To hell with them! They're all useless because Queen Kunti says they're totally useless." You know. Uh, Well, (laughs) hello. (laughs) It's not, you know, but but she is pointing out that when there's pride, it can be challenging. And I think we see that. I don't don't know if we, you know, I can't say about rich people, but um, I lived in Detroit for 11 years and on the east side of Detroit, which is, uh, of course, it was at a beautiful temple, but in a very, very challenging uh, part of the town. And I remember sometimes we would do some kirtan uh, or book distribution. I just like PTG, small books. And people were very naturally theistic. They might not have been the most pious in terms of their eating habits or whatever, but very, very naturally believed in God. Um, simple, simple-hearted, but yeah. So I could see, um, you know, Queen Kunti's prayer in that, in that, in that experience. Oh, uh, other thoughts? Really good discussion here on the demigods. Uh,
3: one one thought came, Prabhu, oh, yes. especially with respect to this uh, prayer of Queen Kunti. One who is on the path of material progress cannot approach you with sincere feeling. It reminded me of
2: uh,
3: Karna in Mahabharata. He was always trying for, to be acknowledged and validated in uh, the social status and he was completely obsessed about that. And not even when he was interacting with Krishna, he was not able to recognize that here is the Supreme Lord who can give everything that he desires. So he completely, li- so it, it, it is it, it, a clear example of what Queen Kunti is saying in this
0: prayer. Sure. Thank you. Thank you for that. Okay. Then let's uh, continue. I go ahead. I,
5: my question is about uh, the demigods and how they see themselves.
2: Uh huh. Okay. And what is your question? Is that just that? That's uh,
0: it. How do they see themselves?
5: No, 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 no. The the Lord denigrates those who worship the demigods uh, uh, because uh, the um, the the offering is actually meant for Krishna. And do the gods my my uh observation or comment or question is um are they do they realize that they are accepting the worship on behalf of the Supreme? Or they do they feel like, um, I'm you know, these these are these persons that are worshiping me are actually unintelligent. They should be worshiping Krishna, but since they've they've picked me out and are worshiping me, I'm going to accept their worship.
0: Sounds like something like that. I, I you know, uh, it's been a long time since I've been a demigod, but uh, well, they say we've been in so many different species, right? Um, but first of all, in in the third part, it does seem to indicate it does indicate that uh, they are aware of of uh, their relative their position in relationship to Krishna. Now they're also uh, often uh, described as Sakama. Devotees, and we, we heard that, that that those words recently, right? In the court. Uh, and a Sakama devotee, generally, one way, a simple way to think of them is they want to give things to Krishna, they also want some stuff for themselves. So that might be part of their mentality. Um, it does seem, from my readings of the Shastra, that they do seem to reciprocate directly with their. Uh, we, can, we shouldn't call them devotees. They're worshippers. Um, and they don't just say, oh, man, what are you doing? This is crazy. You should worship Krishna. You know, yeah. I, don't, I don't recall, if anyone could correct me on that, I don't recall an example of that in the scriptures per se. Matter of fact, we read about how Lord Shiva was, seems to be quite um, dedicated to those that worship him. Right? Um, So, yeah, that's the best way that I can answer. If someone else has some more insights, I'm happy to hear that.
5: Well, Burma is certainly dedicated to his worshippers,
0: like around the Yep.
2: Well,
0: yeah, kind of reluctantly. That's a good example, actually. He was like, oh, gosh, I got to give this guy this. Let me me at least uh, do it in a bit of a tricky way. But, yes, he did feel obliged to offer that to him. That's a good point.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah. Did any of you, before you became Iskan devotees, worship demigods? Yeah, uh, Shakshi? I did, Prabhu. Yeah, so did Shakshi. go? Uh, I Prabhu. Yeah. I worshipped the Beatles.
2: <laughs> I was going to say the same thing, you know, because <laughs> to, to, from our
6: culture, rock stars were kind of like what you, demigods. <laughs> And, uh, you know, I just wanted to mention something that um, Mahatma said in his, right. his quote, right. um, on Friday morning. You know, talk, he said that poor people are more compassionate because they have suffered.
0: Mm. And that's a nice way to put it, yes. And, and hopefully, yeah, hopefully we can, not everyone does that, but it's, it, yes, if you uh, can relate your experiences to others and don't want to see them suffering. And Suganda has put in here, uh, uh, of all types of worship, worship of Lord Vishnu is best and better than the worship of Lord Vishnu, is, worship of his devotees. That's what Lord Shiva says, yes. The question is, um, who does he say that to <laughs> all of his uh, devotees? But yes, that's, that's a famous uh, verse by... Uh, uh, so, so anyway, uh, Suganda, do you remember, uh, know the um, context <laughs> Yeah, he uh, says this to Parvati. Uh, to Parvati, yes. So he says it to his... That makes total sense, right? Because she's also... Uh, yeah. Yeah. That makes total sense. But he, does, he didn't say that. Who are some of Lord Shiva's... Who was the famous one that got the benediction from Lord Shiva that any, any person's head that he touches? Vrikasura. Well, yeah, was it? Yeah. So uh, he did give him that benediction, didn't he? <laughs> Yeah. Yes. Okay, let's move on. Let's move on. So next is chapter twenty one verse number three. So chapter twenty one verse number three. Okay. In the midst of that region of outer space, Antariksha is the most opulent sun, the king of all the planets that emanate heat, such as the moon. By the influence of its radiation, the sun heats the universe and maintains its proper order. It also gives light to help all living entities see. While passing toward the north, toward the south, or through the equator, in accordance with the order of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, it is said to move slowly, swiftly, or moderately according to its movements in rising above, um, be going beyond or passing through the equator and correspondingly coming in touch with various signs of the Zodiac headed by Makara, Capricorn. Days and nights are short, long, or equal to one another. So right now we're in the longer days, although you notice how it's different than even uh, than a month ago. Now it's getting uh, darker a little earlier and getting lighter a little later. Lord, and then he says, Lord Brahma Prayers. My dear, uh, I worship Govinda, the primeval Lord, the supreme personality of Godhead, under whose control even the sun, which is considered to be the eye of the Lord, rotates within that fixed order, orbit of eternal time. The sun is the king of all planetary systems and has unlimited potency in heat and light. Although the sun is described as Bhagavan, most powerful, and although it is actually the most powerful planet within the universe, it is nevertheless, it nevertheless has to carry out the order of Govinda, Krishna. The sun god cannot deviate even an inch from the orbit designated to him. Therefore, in every sphere of life, the supreme order, of the supreme personality of god, it is carried out. The entire material nature carries out his orders. However, we foolishly see the activities of the material nature without understanding the supreme order and the supreme person behind them. As confirmed in Bhagavad Gita, Maya Dakshena Prakriti. Material nature carries out the orders of the Lord, and thus everything is maintained in an orderly way. So this um, sentence, the entire material nature carries out his order. However, we foolishly see the activities of material nature without understanding the supreme order and person behind them. So that reminded me of... Um. So if you called it the lusty boy philosophy, that a lusty boy sees a pretty girl walking by, and he thinks, "Oh, she must not have a boyfriend." So, in other words, he can enjoy her because she doesn't. She doesn't uh, have any. You know, uh, she doesn't have a boyfriend. So, similarly, we look at material nature. And we think we can enjoy that because it doesn't have Krishna. It doesn't have God behind it. So I I thought that was a nice, it was a very interesting uh, metaphor, the lusty boy philosophy. And then um, Prabhupada talks a lot about the order, well not a lot, but he mentions the order of the Lord and how important it is to carry it out. In the third chapter of the Gita, Prabhupada writes that Arjuna did not have to consider the order of the Lord. He had only to execute his order. And then later in the 18th chapter, Prabhupada says that a servant acting on behalf of the Supreme Master is unaffected by profit and loss. So you see how this is different than a demigod mood? He simply surcharges his duty faithfully in terms of the order of the Lord. Now, one may argue that Arjuna was acting under the personal direction of Krishna. But when Krishna is not present, how should one act? And what a beautiful answer Prabhupada gives. If one acts according to the directions of Krishna in this book, he's talking about the Gita, as well as under the direction of the representative of Krishna, then the results will be the same. And then in the third, just a few more, a third canto, execution of the Lord's service is the main occupation of the pure devotee. Uddhava's separation from the Lord was unbearable, and therefore he started to bhajra in obedience to the Lord's order. Because the order of the Lord and the Lord himself are identical. As one, as long as one is engaged in execution of the order of the Lord, there is factually no separation from him. And then a short sentence. We don't have to be fully convinced. Oh no, that's the next verse. So, any thoughts on the order of the Lord or the lusty boy philosophy?
4: Hare Krishna Prabhu.
0: Yes, yes. So,
4: uh, where is this reference from that the uh, order of the Lord and the Lord are not different? Just wanted to know where you were reading from.
0: Okay, one second, I'll tell you. Um, I quoted three of them. Three, uh, chapter 3, verse 30 of the Gita. Okay. Chapter 18, verse 30. No, I'm sorry. Chapter 18, verse 57 of the Gita. And the last one about the order of the Lord and factual separation uh, is Bhagavatam 3, 3rd Canto, 4th chapter, text
2: 21. (laughs) I've
0: heard
5: that, I've heard that purport many times, but today in a new way, that uh, Arjuna doesn't have to consider the order of the Lord just carry it out. I believe that's yes. how it was stated. Yes. But actually, um, Krishna also gives us facility. He gives us intelligence to, uh, in order to consider.
0: Yeah, well, in this sense, my understanding when I read that sentence was that we don't have to consider whether it's right or wrong. Because there's Krishna right there, and I was like, well, Krishna, hold on a second. Just wait a second. Could you give me ten good reasons why I should do that? I mean, come on. You know, I'm not just a blind follower here. You know, give me a break. Uh, You know, okay, okay, just give me two good reasons. Then maybe I'll consider it. So he's trying to say that uh, in one place, if you recall in the Gita, maybe someone can find it. Uh, I think it's early in the Gita. Prabhupada talks about how... In, on one level, it's almost like a military, uh military person. And, and, you know, if anyone knows anything about the department of defense in America, and I'm sure it's similar in other countries is it's very much the chain of command, you know, very much the chain of command more than any other federal agency that I'm familiar with. And so Prabhupada is saying, you know, as a, that sometimes we're like a military, you know, Krishna says, or the spiritual master says, and we do also, in, um, I think it's the fourth canto, uh, Prabhupada talks about uh, samsaya, um, a doubt. And doubt is helpful in the beginning, he says, to, uh, to, uh, to use our intelligence to understand whether this is something, you know whether Krishna consciousness is something that we want to do. But he said to doubt the uh authorized source doesn't really help. Uh later on when one's accepted that source as their authority. Of course, if you know the guru tells you to go jump in a jump off a building, that you know we don't we're not, you know, uh we don't drink the Kool-Aid, so to speak, either figuratively or literally. Uh, but um there is that side that hey, here's the Supreme Lord telling what to do. Do it. Of course, Krishna does but, but having said that. Uh, I think as the Prabhupada posts that in the third chapter, Krishna goes on for 15 more chapters, giving him all the reasons why he should do it.
5: Other? Yeah, that's very good. Oops. Good point, and 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 I accept that, and thank you. Um, of course, wanted to... This- speak on a lot more than that. That was his own supreme desire. That's. Um, but thank you.
0: You're welcome. Krishna. Other thoughts on the order of the Lord or on the lusty boy philosophy?
4: Yes, Prabhupada. Um, yes, so that, is that I, was, I heard that uh, when spiritual master gives an order, he also gives the power to execute it.
3: Yes. And, and I was
4: uh, also uh, hearing a class on Janmashtami and it was said that when Vasudev was ordered by Krishna in the prison house of Kansa to carry him to Nanda Maharaj's house, Vasudev didn't uh, consider that he was like um, bound in iron shackles. And as soon as he picked up the baby Krishna, his iron shackles opened up and the prison guards slept and the doors opened. So uh, yeah. as soon as we follow the order of Krishna, things happened.
0: Yes, yeah, so he didn't think like, how am I going to get across the river? Like, forget it, Krishna. I'm not that good a swimmer you know yeah yes but having said that uh one can make intelligent inquiries and sometimes we wish that more of Prabhupada's disciples had done that in his time one devotee a good friend of mine Yogeshwar Prabhu was like that when Prabhupada said something Yogeshwar a lot of when Prabhupada said something a lot of devotees just said oh yes Prabhupada yes Prabhupada and Yogeshore was is one of the people who say, Prabhupada, could you explain that? Because I don't that doesn't seem to follow logically or whatever he would say. And then Prabhupada would actually explain it to him. Uh, and we kind of wish that devotees would do that. But there are times to make inquiry and there are times to not make inquiry. <laughs> you know? And uh and to just do it. You know, there's that story I think I told you in uh, Hong Kong in the Park Hotel. It's funny because I stayed in that hotel a few years ago. Um, and uh, Prabhupada wanted some hot milk and his servant, I can't remember whose servant who went, the servant went to find it and said, Prabhupada, no, they won't, they won't do it, they won't do it. And then Sudama Maharaj went. Sudama Maharaj was like real tough, muscle-bound American guy, uh, devotee. And he came back five minutes later with hot milk. And he looked at Prabhupada and he said, Prabhupada, sometimes you have to yell. <laughs> so he he carried out the uh, the instruction. Uh you know, so you don't have to say, Oh, well, do you really need some milk and would water be okay? You know, I'm so obviously things like that. You know, but um if if the spiritual master asks you to do something like uh, you know. Can you uh, go tomorrow and, uh, you know, uh, move to Zimbabwe? I, I don't think there's anything wrong with saying, okay, well, how, uh, Guru Maharaj, what do you think I should do about my mortgage and I, my job? You know, you know what I mean? So it's, we're, we're in an organization that the, um, there's some reasonableness to it at the same time that there's the blue boy factor, the Krishna factor. So thank you for that, Subhanu. Other thoughts?
4: Yes, Prabhu, Um, earlier I asked you a reference for, uh, you know, you mentioned um, obeying the orders of uh, Krishna is non-different from Krishna. I I find uh, such perspective very interesting. That's why I asked you. I never thought like that, like, you know, obeying obeying means the instructions means non-different from Krishna himself. I looked up, so here is another reference I want to bring to everyone's attention.
2: Okay.
4: Uddhav's uh, separation from the Lord was unbearable, and therefore he started to badrika ashram in obedience to Lord's order because the order of the Lord and Lord himself are identical. As long as one is engaged in execution of order of the Lord, there is no factual separation from him.
2: Very good. So, Thank you.
0: Okay, well, let's follow the order and move on. So now we're on chapter... Right, established by... Uh, by the they were on uh, 5232, established by the supreme will of the supreme personality of God at the pole star, pole star, which is the which is the planet of Maharaj Jeeva constantly shines as a central pivot for all the stars and planets. The unsleeping, invisible, most powerful time factor causes these lumi, luminaries to revolve around the pole star without cessation. It is distinctly stated herein that all the luminaries, the planets and stars, revolve by the influence of the Supreme Time Factor. The Time Factor is another feature of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Everyone is under the influence of the Time Factor. But the Supreme Personality of Godhead is so kind and loves his devotee, Maharaj, Dhruva, so much. So even though he wasn't on the same platform as Anuman, we read earlier, he loves him so much that he has placed all the luminaries under the control of Druva's planet and has arranged for the time factor to work under him or with his cooperation. Everything is actually done according to the will and direction of the supreme personality of it to, to make his devotee Druva the most important individual within the universe. The Lord has placed the activities of the time factor under his control. So I was remembering that a while ago and it's actually kind of funny when I show you this, um, I did a Sunday class on the time factor. So I'm going to go through that power, a few of those slides of that PowerPoint right now. I hope you can see it on the screen. Can you? Yes, Prabhu. And I thought you'd find this funny, right? I'm talking about the time factor, and I put the wrong date. <laughs> it was obviously November 4th, 2019. Or, or I was you know just seeing into the future. <laughs> I'll just go through these quickly. Um, that there's this, you know, Krishna says that of subduers, I am the time. I am the time factor, right? In the uh, Gita. And also in the Gita, that he says, time I am the great destroyer of the worlds. And, you know, look at the time factor. Look how handsome Muhammad Ali looks there. And then later on in life, that is the time factor, right? Or this is, Sears and Roebuck. It was the place to go shopping in the 60s and 70s. And this is just an example. I think this is from the 50s or 60s. So packed. And that's Sears today. (laughs) So the time factor again, or that's me. When I was, uh, so you can see the time factor uh, acts on us also. Or this was a a busy mall during Christmas, and this is the same mall today. So, again, the time factor, the time factor, the time factor. This was a a model of the Colosseum, and that's what the Colosseum looks like today in Rome. So it just, you know, gives us some idea. Or this is what I, when I was uh, in high school, this was a fancy thing. And, of course, today we use something totally uh, different, right? So the time, the time factor marches on. When I was growing up, that was the phone that we used. And of course, today, we use something that looks a little bit more like that. So, and this is all the influence of the time factor. The time factor affects everyone. Uh, the time factor makes something that's really boring seem like it takes forever. And the time factor makes, uh, you know, something that, that or at least the, or the point is that time is relative. And so, you know, if something's really boring. An hour can seem like uh, forever. And if something's really interesting, you say, wow, where did the time go? Right? So the uh, time, time can fly when we're really absorbed in the present and doing something that we find enjoyable. So the time, and, and then our understanding of time, It seems linear, right? Because, you know, it's 2020 now and it's 2019 last year and 18 before that. But we also understand it's also cyclical, right? Um, Birth, death, disease, and old age, birth, death, disease, and old age, birth, death, disease, and old age. Uh, And things go round and round like a uh, Ferris wheel or not a Ferris wheel, but, you know, um, and in our life you know we, we, we go from birth to death we even have even the seasons are cyclical so very much our our time factor uh, the time factor is cyclical even in this world and what to speak of the fact that the soul uh, that the soul uh, goes from childhood to to youth, to mid-age, old age, and finally at the time of death, um, uh, we take another birth, Janma. Right. So time is a very, very powerful element. And, but for a devotee, it's a different thing. Both for the rising and setting, the sun decreases the duration of life for everyone except for one who utilizes the time by discussing topics of the old with personality of God. Now, that doesn't mean we don't get old and die, but this could be our last birth. And therefore, the chanting and the hearing about Krishna, in one sense, is extending our life into eternity. Uh, and so the time factor, again, using that verse, it, just like it's compared to a, uh, a cat's mouth, that for, the, for a person who's not connected with the Supreme, it can be like death personified. And for one who is connected, it's more like the way the mother cat takes care of the kitten. So um, the, the, the world can be like a, uh, a prison house, and we can be a prisoner of the time element. And by chanting and serving Krishna, we can become free by using that same time element in Krishna's service. And, uh, so it's very difficult to overcome the time element, you know. It's part of Krishna's divine energy. Um, but if we take shelter of Him, we can, we can do so. And then Krishna, we can enter into a place where time is conspicuous by its absence. And um, yeah, that's, that's how time is compared. It's, you're always in the present. You're always in the present. So that's uh, the time factor. And one other thing about time is uh, how we should utilize it. So these were just, uh, I'll sh- I guess I'll share this also instead of just reading it out loud. Um, so Srila Rupa Goswami states in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, Abhyakta Kalatram. A Vaishnava must be very alert not to waste even a second of his valuable lifetime. That is a symptom of a Vaishnava. And then later, uh, teachings of Queen Kunti, there is a verse in which Srila Rupa Goswami says, kalatvam. Devotee, A devotee should be very much careful to see whether his time is being spent unnecessarily. He should ask himself, Am I now engaged in Maya service or Krishna service? Isn't that an interesting question? How many of us ask that question to ourselves regularly? Am I engaged in Maya service or Krishna service? This is a symptom of an advanced devotee. Nama gane uh, ruchi. Such a devotee is never tired of chanting, singing, or dancing. The word sada means always, and ruchi means taste. And then one more. Avyakta uh, kalatvam. My time may not be wasted. He should be very so careful whether my time is being wasted. And time wasted and time we en- the time we engage in our bodily necessities, that is wasted. Generally, conditioned souls, they are simply wasting their time. Only the period which we are engaged in Krishna consciousness, that is utilized. So we should be very much careful whether time is being wasted or being utilized. So, some thoughts on the time factor and the power
2: of time.
7: Krishna,
0: Nanimuki, yes
7: um uh, i want to share something like how actually this stars are moving about the dual loka dual star okay if i'm poss- it's, it's uh, i'm successfully share, sharing my screen
0: um is that
2: okay for
7: not
0: yet i think i allow it or well, uh yeah, I think it's okay. Um, my settings say that it's, it's okay. All participants. Yeah, there it is. Yes.
7: Okay. Thank you very much. Um, so basically, this is where we are, Washington, D.C., and we see that we are facing the south, S, represents south. And uh, so we are, now I'm going to turn towards north. Because Dura Loka, uh, Drew, the pole star is going to be in the north direction. And now here we are, uh, facing north. And now I'm going to block the sun. a um, moment. Here I'm going to block the sun. And we'll see where's the pole star. There, yeah, here we go. Wow. And now I'm going to focus on the fo- pole star. Uh, let me create a focus here, isn't it? And uh, now I'm going to use the time factor, Favu. I'm going to move forward at really uh, like h- faster than uh, what we have experiencing now. So I'm going to move quicker, quicker, and quicker. It's like this. Oh, let me slow down a little bit. So this is the ground you can
0: see. So everything is moving except the pole star.
7: When we are facing, when we look at the pole star standing at our position, and this is the whole sky looks like, they're moving towards, uh, they're moving and with pole star at the center. And you see this day is going to come and everything is going to let, light up a little bit because I block the sun and it's going to light. This is in the daytime. But still, they're moving, revolving against, revolving the uh, post star here,
2: <laughs> <laughs>
7: and keeping and keeping the post star on the right side of their uh, hand, on their right side. Wonderful. Okay, thank you. Uh, Are you an
0: astrophysicist, Nandi Muki?
7: Uh, you mean this software?
0: No, I, are you? Are you? Is this one of your fields of expertise? Um, amateur. Amateur. Very good. It's interesting because we, we, um, you know, even uh, people who have no connection with the Vedic literature or Krishna, they, they talk about uh, the, the pole star or the North Star, uh, and they even talk about it in terms of values in life, right? They say that you should have your your north. What what do they call? It? They don't call it the North Star. What do they call it, Andy? Uh, the, the Star. What? The Pole Star. The Pole Star. Yeah, I guess they call it Pole Star. Yeah, it's the same thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, you can um, you can unshare your screen now, uh, Andy. Mookie. That was really cool. Thank you.
1: But see, but see, uh, that's just a two-dimensional view, really. Mm. Yeah, because when you look at a constellation, those stars can be any different distances. And you're looking at it as a flat screen. So when you, you talk about that's a two-dimensional view, that's what astrology is. Then you have three-dimensional, and time is a fourth dimension. So by the time you get to that, it's so unimaginable to understand it that it's, it's really crazy. Uh huh. It's two more dimensions than just looking at a constellation
7: we speak about division from the earth and that is how we yes. see yeah.
1: two dimensional yeah
0: yes thank you for that oh yeah yeah Stephen Covey calls it true north principles so what you know meaning that you know you have principles in your life that don't that you, you don't deviate from just like how the the, the the north star doesn't deviate you know doesn't move very good. Thank you for that. Other thoughts on the time factor or the North Star or Drubaloka or? Hare Krishna Prabhu. Yes, Hare uh, Krishna
3: Chanakya Pandit uh, states that how, how, how much wealth we have, uh, we cannot buy back even one second of the time that has passed away.
0: Right. For all the gold in the world. Yep. Talks about that. Yes. Very good. Yes. Time is. Uh, very intri- Yeah, we should use our time wisely.
4: So Prabhupada said that everyone of us should be thoroughly convinced of power of Hare Krishna mantra for protection in all circumstances and chant accordingly at all times without offense.
2: Right.
0: <laughs> yes. Okay, anything else on the time factor? All right, that was an interesting verse. We had a... PowerPoint, Prabhupada quotes, and then a and then a uh, uh, astrophysicist showing us the sky. All right, so now we're moving on then to the twenty uh, third, twenty fourth chapter, verse number eight. We've never gone through so many verses in one day. In these seven planetary systems, which are known as the Subterranean Heavens, Bilasvarga, there are very beautiful houses, gardens, and places of sense enjoyment, which are even more opulent than those in the higher planets, because the demons have a very high standard of sensual pleasure, wealth, and influence. Most of the residents of these planets are known as Vaityas, Dhanavas, and Nadas. live as householders, their wives, children, friends, and society, all fully engaged in illusory material happiness. The sense enjoyment of the demigods is sometimes disturbed, but the residents of these planets enjoy life without disturbance. Thus, they are, uh, they are understood to be very attached to illusory happiness. And Prabhupada says that according to the, the statement of Palaam Maharaj, material enjoyment is maya sukha, illusory enjoyment. A Vaishnava is full of anxieties for the deliverance of all living entities from such false enjoyment. Vilad Maharaj says, Maya Sukhaya Bhadam Udvahato vimudhan." These fools, Himudhas, the are engaged in material happiness which is surely temporary. Whether in the heavenly planets, in the lower planets, or the earthly planets, people are engrossed in temporary material happiness, forgetting that in due course of time they have to change their bodies according to the material laws and suffer the repetition of birth, death, old age, and disease. Not caring what will happen in the next life, gross materialists are simply busy enjoying during the present short span of life. A Vaishnava is always anxious to give all such bewildered materialists the real happiness of spiritual bliss. Um, So one thought I had when I read that purport we don't have to be fully convinced and fully free of illusion to work on, one, developing compassion for others, and two, giving Krishna consciousness to others. As a matter of fact, um, helping others, even if we're not fully convinced ourselves, but we're quite convinced, helping others is a way to please Krishna and to make uh, progress towards being Fully convinced and fully engaged in Krishna's service. Um, so we might read this purport and say, Well, you know, I'm not, uh, yeah, I'm not like uh, always anxious about the non devotee, you know, people who aren't Krishna conscious. Uh, you know, I'm not full of anxiety for their deliverance. But yeah, I think it's nice to give them Krishna consciousness. I think it's a good Okay, well, then do that. <laughs> Don't wait. <laughs> Uh, until you're fully anxious, or don't get fully anxious about being not being fully anxious, <laughs> but you know somehow or other find a way to uh, to engage others in Krishna's service. That was uh, my thought when that, why I chose that that purport. Some thoughts on that.
6: Hare Krishna, have you understood us? Yes, ma'am. So also when we are sharing Krishna consciousness, we actually have to put ourselves in the shoe of the recipient before we just, you know, load them with all our thoughts Uh to a hammer. Everything appears like a nail. (laughs) So we have to also understand where they are and how we can help them to be able to, you know, progress on that path sometimes. And it's given in the purpose as well, where, a person is thinking, this is of benefit for me, so it's of benefit for everyone else. Mm. It cannot be true. And you share sometimes different looks for different folks. Yeah,
0: yeah, yes, yes, yes. And by the way, uh, if you can get to the temple today, the darshan is amazing. If you can see that picture um, with all the orchards and uh, all the fly they just did an amazing uh, job today of uh, uh, decorating with orchids and it's really, really stunning, so, uh, and it's pretty, it's quite, I was. I was there yesterday, and there were quite a few devotees, because they were picking up the, uh, uh the, uh, CSA, you know, the, uh, vegetables from Gitanagri. um, but it was very easy to keep social distancing, and everyone, everyone's wearing a mask, and everyone's washing their hands, and all that, so, um, it's quite, uh, quite an amazing darshan, I'm sure the darshan the next two I mean every day is an amazing darshan, but uh, leading up to Jamasami, you know the, this is the second day of the four day Jamasami festival, and you can see the uh, darshan is quite quite uh, breathtaking. Okay, so we carry on. We are
2: going next up to verse fourteen
0: They live. Very auspiciously and do not fear death from anything but death's, but death's established time, which is the effulgence of the Sudarsan chakra of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Therefore, this is the defect of material existence. Everything in the subterranean heavens is very nicely arranged. These, uh, there are well situated residential quarters. There is a pleasing atmosphere, and there are no bodily inconveniences or mental anxieties. But nevertheless, those who live there have to take another birth according to karma. Persons whose minds are dull cannot understand this defect of the materialistic civilization aiming at material comforts. One may make his living condition very pleasing for the senses, but despite all favorable conditions, one must in due course of time, meet death. The members of a Dabaniac civilization endeavor to make their living conditions very comfortable, but they cannot check death. The influence of the Sudarsan Chakra will not allow their so-called material happiness to endure.
2: Um,
0: In in the... Let's see, we've read that already. Hold on, let me... um, Prabhupada gave a class in uh, Mayapur in October uh, 8th of 1974. And he said that, even if you want to live very peacefully, you'll not be allowed to live. It is not a place to live very peacefully. But if you think artificially, we are very happy. We are advanced in material civilization and we have very comfortable life. Where is comfort? There cannot be any comfort. Therefore, it is the duty of Maya to remind you, always Putting you in distress condition. You cannot live peacefully happily within the prison house. Because you are condemned to this prison house, you cannot expect a very comfortable life. And then I noticed just three days earlier, Prabhupada wrote, land is your place. But if you are placed in the ocean, how expert you may be as a swimmer, that does not mean you, you are happy. You can go on struggling, swimming, very expert swimming, but that does not mean happiness. Similarly, here in the Ocean of Nessians, all these rascals um, are swimming. They are making plans to become happy, but they are not happy. That's a fact. They can try to become happy. That is natural. Uh, everyone unhappy wants to become happy. That is called struggle for existence. But they do not know except this darwin's theory because he is rascal he thinks that the struggle is only is the only business his only observation is that the struggle is the only business survival of the fittest but he does not know how to become fit he does not know he does not know that is mentioned here darshanam yat syad apunar bhava darshanam seeing uh, you mean seeing you means that you will no longer see repeated Oh, seeing Krishna, means you will no longer see repeated births and deaths. That is fitness. No more struggling. Struggling stopped. So that process is not known. Hmm. Now, it doesn't mean we have to, you know, uh, sleep on a bed of nails and, you know, eat uh, kitchri with no salt and no yogurt or dahi, no papadam, you know what I mean? it doesn't mean that uh, because again, you have to uh, understand all these things in context um, in the nectar of devotion. I'm not sure if it's a preface or the, or the introduction. Prabhupada says that you can live comfortably, but dedicate your life to Krishna. So, you know, here one point is being made and, and it, and it's an important point that as much as we try to live comfortably, and we may live comfortably for a long time. Um, old age comes, disease comes, and ultimately the demise of this body comes. And for one who's really sharp, and it's hard to be this sharp because it's so easy to get distracted, but for one who's really sharp, they keep that in the forefront of their mind. Janma, um, mrityu Jarabya aditu, pedo, darshana. But it's not so easy to, to do that all the time. And Suganda wrote, uh, everyone should fear death because everyone's caught by the crocodile of eternal time and may die at any moment uh, in Gajendra's pastime. Uh, and what's interesting is that even in the uh, subterranean heavenly planets where it says you don't, have, you don't meet accidental death, you still have to die. And it's... Uh, I don't know, at least for me, it's a real challenge. That's why we have to keep hearing because, you know, you wake up today and it's just like you woke up yesterday. And you've been doing that for the last, whatever, 30, 40, 50, 60 years. Um, So so it doesn't strike you that, well, today might be the last. Um, And therefore, sometimes we don't see the urgency of Krishna consciousness, but a wise person does see that. So this is also connected with the time factor. So uh, any thoughts on this point?
4: Yes, Prabhu, I wanted to share one of Prabhupada's um, uh, uh, section from one of his morning walks. Uh, it's a very small section. He says, instead of contemplating what will happen to this world, you have, to, you have got a short duration of life, say 50, 60 years. You chant Hare Krishna and go back home, back to Godhead. Don't consider what will happen to this world. The nature will take care of it. You don't puzzle your brain with these thoughts. You utilize whatever time you have got in your position and go back to home, back to Godhead. You cannot check it because people will go on with their rascal civilization. Natural consequences will be there. You better take advantage of whatever time you have got and become fully Krishna conscious and go back home.
0: Thank you. What do you? What is the reference for Do You know the date or?
4: Yes, this is morning walk, Srila Prabhupada, February twenty-first, nineteen seventy-five, Caracas. That's I don't right. know where that place is.
0: Caracas is in Venezuela, right? Oh. Right, Henry. Yes. yes, Prabhu. Yeah, Henry is our world traveler. So yeah, I think the only place he hasn't been is Antarctica. <laughs> but. Right now his wings are clipped by the COVID-19. Okay, so we've done really well. We covered a lot today. Uh, I don't think we should try to push it in the last three minutes to uh, try to do one more. Um, But So we'll do 2022 and and 26 next week. And I'll also send out the... uh, homework assignments. I felt really bad because I actually had prepared way in advance, but I didn't get you the assignment till uh, Saturday. Henry was very bad. He didn't remind me like he usually does. (laughs) Uh, No, my fault, not his. Um, So good. We're, you were almost done with this canto. Isn't it? One more canto and you will get your Bhakti Baba certificates. And then we'll, see where we go from there, but the six cantos are very, very wonderful canto. I mean, they all are. but There's so many beautiful pastimes there, so something to look forward to, but we still have uh, two more chapters in this in this canto. It's amazing. We've gone through five cantos almost of the Bhagavatam. So have a uh, very, very wonderful Janmasthami. No problem. Uh, have a wonderful Janmasthami and Srila and Prabhupada's uh, Vyasa Puja. Mm-hmm. And, uh, may you, uh, have, yeah, a wonderful week in Krishna consciousness. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna
2: Thank you, Prabhu. Thank you, Prabhuji. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna.